Welcome to the Mark and Lila Love Broadway Podcast. I'm Mark. I've been a fan of musical theater since I was a little kid. Seeing shows on Broadway, listening to original cast recordings on cassette, and performing in community theater. I'm Lila, and I love musical theater, but I'm a newbie. The theater bug bit me late in life, but boy, did it bite me. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's talk Broadway. Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of Mark and Lila Love Broadway. I'm Mark. And I'm Lila. And we think musicals are scrumptious as Mrs. Lovett's meat pies. Mmm, tasty. Mm. In this week's installment, we are going to discuss Sweeney Todd, which we currently saw on Broadway, starring Josh Groban and Natalie Ashford. Lila and I both had the opportunity to see this while we were in the Big Apple. Before we discuss these shows, we always like to start by sharing with our listeners something different or musical theater related that we did in the past week. Yes. Well, Mark, you usually hand me the baton to start first, but I want to be polite and hand you the baton first. Oh, wow. Look at that. I know. Yeah. Lots of batons. Yes. A lot of batons. (laughs) Just throw them up in the air and catch them. Yeah. (laughs) We're ready. So this past weekend, I had the opportunity to go back to Art Center Theater, which is this... uh, Community Theater in Plano. I was going to say Arlington, but it's in Plano. And we saw, we saw Cabaret, and it was, a, it was a fun production. It's a small space, and I really like the way they utilized it. And it's the girl played Sally Bowles was outstanding. And I've heard many good renditions of the title song Cabaret. Mm-hmm. She nailed it. She put so much oomph and gusto and sweat and tears into it. It was wow. For like a local community theater like that to have such great talent, I was wowed. So Oh wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, that, Art, Art yeah. Center Theater, you did another good show. So yeah. congratulations. They do really good shows. Absolutely, absolutely. And I actually got an opportunity to be on the stage a few days prior. What? You were there. I was? <laughs> Where? The Turtle Creek Corral. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Okay. The Turtle Creek Corral. Let me put down my bottle of tequila right now. Thank you, right? No drinking on the job, Lila. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have one rule here. (laughs) I know. I guess I'm still hungover from yesterday, which was July 4th. I guess so. So we had our summer concert, um, What Happens in Vegas. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun to perform. And the audience, you guys were incredible. So much energy. And it was just a thrill to be up there. And what I loved so much about this was, you know, think Elvis. Think the Rat Pack. Um, we had it was all some of Liberace. It was so great. Mm-hmm. And the best part, it was a 90-minute no intermission. No intermission. <laughs> so we were, like, before, you know, it begun, we were over, and we were, you know, out. Could be, everybody the, could be on their way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was perfect. We had a Thursday and Friday performance, and then we had the entire weekend to ourselves. So mm-hmm. I figured y'all would like that. I love it. Um, I attended on Friday night with my friend Jeffrey. Yeah. And Jeffrey moved here a couple of years ago from Chicago and had never been to a Turtle Creek Corral uh, event, um, corral, a, a chorus event. Yeah. And he loved it too. We sat down and we had to, 
when I got the seats, we had to sit like one in front of each other. And he was really funny because he turned around to me and he said, it's so great. He's like, it's no intermission. 90 minutes, we're good. Um, I I can go either way, um, but it's... But it is kind of nice to to know that, okay, we're going to, you know, it's going to be 90 minutes straight through, like six. Six is 80 or 90 minutes. Yeah, it's like 86 minutes or something. Yeah, the women are on their high, in their high-heeled boots. Dancing. Yes, they're amazing. But it's not, because sometimes you do feel like it gets dragged out. You just really do, and you're like, oh my God. And you're loving it, but you're also like, I got to get up early. I got to fight through traffic. I got to, so... It was great, and y'all were great. I love, love, love um, the Rat Pack feel. I absolutely, of course, of course, had a crush on Dean Martin when I was young. What older man did I not have a crush on when I was young? Dean Martin, I had such a big crush on him. And y'all had a a Liberace, um, you know, performer. And when I was young... I was so fascinated by Liberace. I mean, he had all the feathers Mm -hmm. and the candlesticks Mm -hmm. and the grand piano. And he was amazing. He absolutely was amazing. My mom and her friend went to Vegas in the 70s. And they saw Liberace. They saw Jimmy Rivers. um, You know, all like the, you know, the performers that used to perform back in the day. Yeah, it was a it was a great show. The Elvis impersonator was great. That was the word I was looking for, impersonator. The Liberace impersonator yeah. was fantastic. And, and that's our uh, that's Scott Ayers. He's uh, not a musical director, but he's a uh, he's our accompanist. Really? And he's not a professional Liberace. Not to my knowledge, impersonator. Yeah. Really? And somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that it's not an Elvis impersonator. They're Elvis tribute artists. And they have to be, like, sanctioned by, um, what's that place? By Graceland? Yes, by Graceland. Do they really? That's what someone told me. I I mean, I would, I, um, I am, I I would believe that. I would think that. We could Google it. We could Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love Elvis impersonators. Me too. They're, because they nail it. They nail it. If I ever get married, which I probably will not, um... (laughs) Elvis impersonator is marrying me. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. Oh, how fun would that be? I was obsessed with Elvis when I was little, and he died when I was like four or five. Okay, like, I was yeah. really little, but I would just run around the house singing "Hound Dog," and yeah, because he was larger than life. He was You're right. Than he life. did die when you were five because yeah. I was nine. Yeah, and yeah. I remember it was the summer of '77, and we moved mm-hmm. to Dallas from Waco that summer. Yeah. and I remember he died that summer, and our family loved the Marx Brothers, mm-hmm. and Groucho Marx died that summer yeah. too. But I remember hearing about like how Elvis had died, and like he, you know, collapsed like on the toilet, and you're like, yeah. you know, next you're nine years old, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I don't think I re- remember those details from back then. Yeah. I just remember hearing that he died and yeah. it was drug-related. Yes. But the fascinating thing was, like, after he died, remember there were all those Elvis sightings? No. Yes. I don't you remember You have to look that. it up. There were all these Elvis sightings where Elvis isn't really dead. It's a conspiracy. And, of course, I didn't know the word conspiracy at five. But, yeah, there were all these Elvis sightings and they were saying Elvis didn't really die it's a cover-up. Yeah, look that's it up. Crazy. That's crazy. And I that remember from that. When you were five, you yeah. remember that. Yeah. I don't remember that. I just I don't remember. I don't remember what I had for lunch 
I don't remember what I had for lunch today, but I remember that. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Cause I don't remember that, but I, rem I remember skinny Elvis. And I also remember overweight Not Elvis. Not so skinny Not Elvis. Not so skinny Elvis. Yeah. And this is what I remember too. Way back when, again, this is mid seventies. He said early to mid seventies, he's at his height of popularity. And I remember being six, seven years old and sitting in what, our den, what we called our den, which was like, uh, not our fancy living room and watching TV and my mom was cooking dinner in the kitchen. She, and I totally remember this. She was separating the, the rice, like the rice, um, not kernels, but you know, the things of rice, the grains of rice and getting ready for like Friday night Shabbat dinner. And I remember watching TV and I swear every other commercial was Elvis related. Like, oh, here's this commercial and Elvis greatest hits and send $9.95 to this address and you get an Elvis LP. Like, I totally remember all those oh, commercials. Yeah. And he also had a concert on TV, the, like the Hawaii concert. Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely I, remember if that. If memory does serve correctly. I just remember him in the big old jumpsuit and like yes. a lay. Yes, yes. And you know, it, also that was the era because they dressed similarly of like Evil Knievel. Donny Osmond were the... Yes, were the, yes. Yeah. All, the, all those very ornate costumes. Yeah. And they were, they were just shiny. And also Neil Diamond and his shiny yeah, stuff. Yeah. It uh -huh. was just the, the, the era of the shiny costumes. Yeah, and we all of, loved it. That was the look of the 70s. I think uh, Freddie Mercury wore stuff like yes. that as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh the 70s. Oh, I wish it was the 70s time. again. <laughs> oh, we're showing our age. <laughs> It's not it's, the 70s, it's it the 20s. It's 2023. I know. Sometimes I just, I have conversations with my, my friends. I was like, oh my goodness, it is 2023. And, you know, I remember most of the 70s and then all the 80s and 90s and craziness. I know. And you know what's funny? And then we'll move on and we'll talk about Broadway is that people talk, like you say, the 70s. And these were the shows of the 80s. And these were the hairstyles of the 90s. But, like, I don't really hear, oh, these were the hairstyles of the 10s. The, you know, sure. 2010 to, you know, 2020. It's too soon. We will. Okay. When I guess. I think about that a lot. When we're in the old age home. And they'll be um, like, what were you thinking? Wearing your hair like that. Yeah. It was fashionable. Okay, Karen. Yeah, exactly. It was fashionable yeah. to dress like that. Absolutely. So the thing I'm going to talk about is um, I just got back a week ago from 10 days again in New York. I'm so jealous. I wanted to go so bad. I know. Oh. And I wanted you there. And I, you, <laughs> Mark was quite funny because my third day there, I get a text. It was a Monday morning. I get a text from Mark. You get home right now. <laughs> I was like, someone is green with envy. Yes, I am. And it's so fun to go to New York in the summer because a year ago, exactly right now, we were in we New were York there, City yeah. for a week. You went there. You and Doug and a lot of other people in Turtle Creek Corral went on July 5th. And then I came on July 6th because... Later that week, on a Saturday night, y'all um, put on a wonderful performance at Carnegie Hall. We made a Carnegie Hall debut. It was amazing. And so I fashioned a trip, as did other, a lot of other friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, I fashioned a trip around that. And then, boy, did the bug bite me. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I decided 
I wanted to go for a week again this summer, but I didn't want to go um, like right after the 4th or right around the 4th. So I decided to go. I mean, it was almost the 4th. I went from like the 17th to the 27th and of June and had a great time. And I saw, saw a bunch of friends up there. Our friend Martin, our friend Catherine, our friend Jessica, uh, our friend Michael, who lives in Dallas, he was there. Uh, also... Um, my friend, who you haven't met, my friend Amy, she and I... Did you go to um, camp with Amy? I did not go to camp with Amy. <laughs> no, I met I met Amy through my friend Karen, who I went to uh, camp okay. with. I knew there would be a camp connection. You knew there had to be it. a camp connection. And that. Amy is my friend that I go to the, to the Paper Mill Theater in Millbourne, New Jersey with. In March, we saw uh, Hercules. And one of the nine shows that I saw when I was in New York... Uh, just now was um, rent so, at, the, at the paper mill theater. So jealous, and it was amazing. So bad. So first of all, I'm from New Jersey. Uh huh. I never went to the paper mill playhouse, which is stunning to me, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I love rent. I was such a rent head, so I'm super jealous. But I'm super happy that he got to go, and I know that he really enjoyed it. So I really, I'm really enjoyed rent. I had seen it. I believe twice before, but like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the times I saw it was at the Majestic, the very historic Majestic Theater in downtown Dallas. And my friend Drew, my late friend Drew, who was one of my best friends, who passed away a few years ago, he took me as his guest. And we had a great time. And I know that I saw it another time because I remember when he took me, I had just seen it a couple of years before. And, but again, that was 20 years ago. So to be honest, I, and please don't come at me, but I literally did not remember anything about it. Oh, that makes sense. So I did a dive into it on Wikipedia before I went, and I'm really glad I did because it is a show that moves, it moves very fast. Mm-hmm. And this, these particular actors did a phenomenal job. We really, Amy and I truly enjoyed the performance. It was a packed house. We were actually quite surprised because most of the audience was older. Most of the audience was older. Now, I'm no spring chicken. I'm 55. So I'm not talking about people that were in their 40s or 50s. I mean, there were people like our age there. But there were people, so, so, so many of the people there were mid-60s on up. There were quite a few people uh, who had walkers, oh, wow. who had canes, who had crutches. And I turned to Amy at intermission and I said, I bet quite a few of these people are going to leave. No, no one left. That was my question. Did no. they leave? Huh, no. Great. No one left. But I was really, I was so surprised. And I, I sort of um, don't know what that... I don't understand, I'm not making fun of it, and I'm not trying to be rude, but I was really surprised that an, an older uh, audience member, that that was the majority of the people there. Yeah, but it's all, it was, this a, was this a matinee? This was a matinee on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. Old people go to matinees. Okay, well yeah, then that makes do. sense. But and the thing is, because normally like a show, like if Rent was in Texas... Are there a bunch of old people? Some of them would probably walk out. But these are people from New Jersey, New York. They know the show. You know. Yeah, that's true. They're a different breed back there. So 
they're familiar with the show, so they knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. Yeah, that's, um, you know what, you're right. You're right on that. And um, it was, you're totally right. That makes sense because I just kind of couldn't make sense of it. But we had a great time. Uh, Paper Mill, they, the, the whole two performances I've been to, um, which is not very many, but two more, two more than me. That's true. And so we need to, so our I, trip in March, we need a bird, you know, uh, bust my cherry. Is that the expression? Oh my God. Pop your cherry. Pop my cherry. My oh my God. Um, <laughs> if y'all had seen how big my eyes just got, um, we, we need to go cause they just have some really wonderful performances there and um it was definitely a 10 out of 10 and amy liked it too amy is a music teacher and she really enjoyed it too a lot so that was fun there's one other thing also before um we kind of move forward and talk about some other shows um when i was in new york uh it was over uh, as I mentioned, the dates were the 17th to the 27th. So it included the date of June 19th, which is mm. Juneteenth. And um, we were invited by Emily Owens PR to go to an event, uh, a special Juneteenth event honoring black voices and centering black stories, hosted by Ayla Sullivan with musical guest Amira Leon. Uh, Leon. And it was at this really cool place, a very um, unique venue called the Cell Theater. Um, it looked like a, a historic house at one point, and um, it was great. It was, I went with my friend Catherine, and we really enjoyed it, and I just wanted to mention that. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, do we want to kind of get into it and talk about Sweeney Todd? Sure, let's do it. So, Sweeney Todd, it opened on Broadway in 1979, starring Len Cariou and Angela Lansbury. Um, there is a pro shot of the national tour with Angela Lansbury and George Hearn. So, for years, I thought George Hearn was the original Sweeney Todd. And I was incorrect. And I'm hoping that I'm not the only one. But it was indeed Len Cariou. Um... So this had many revivals. The first one was in 1989, starring Bob Gunton, Beth Fowler, Jim Walton. Um, I know of Jim Walton because of the Merrily We Roll Along documentary and from the Come From Away pro shot. He's had a very long Broadway career and he's just amazing. Um, this production was referred to as Teeny Todd, because it was performed at the Circle of the Square with only 14 act actors and a three-man synthesizer band. Wow, really? Yes, Three-man? Yeah, and I, th I want to say that some of the actors played instruments on stage as well. You're kidding! Yeah, and I think that just sounds awful. Right, that's Because you, you need a full orchestra for yeah. that. I could see, you know, a smaller cast, but you need that full sound of the orchestra for this Sondheim score. So I, I You are very much, I will say this, in learning from you, being friends with you, going to shows with you, you are all about the powerful orchestra. I am, You absolutely. really are. You, I watch you and I listen to you and the score, the, if you were, if I were to sit here and say, what does Mark find important in shows? The score is at the top of your list. Absolutely. You need a good full orchestra mm -hmm. because 
it just kind of ruins it for me. Like when we saw Gypsy. Yes. Um, you know, there was a five-piece band to play that amazing. Another Sondheim score. No, that was not a Sondheim score. He just did the, the lyrics for that. Um, that was Julie Stein. Um, so yeah, just, you're all about the great score, I am all and about I pay it. attention to that more now. I um I didn't. I'm just being honest again. Please don't come at me, yeah. listeners. Um, I didn't. I did not. For lack of a better way to say it, I did not realize the importance of a good score. I I just um I just didn't realize the importance of it. That's the best yeah, way to say it. Absolutely. And I learned the importance of it. When we reviewed Gypsy and how disappointed you were with the score and the particular production we saw. And, and I think a lot of it is because the music and that just booming sound amplified is what usually gives me the feels. Yes. Like when I really love a musical, I just get all happy and tingly inside. Um, yeah. It like opened that good score, opens the door for you to to... To really start enjoying it from the word go. Yeah, absolutely. Not from the first scene or the second scene or the climax or whatever. Sure. For you, that opens the door. And it, because I'm not trying to be negative here, but when we saw Gypsy, mm-hmm. I mean, I looked over at you and it was about maybe halfway through the first act and your arms were folded. Yeah. And I, I already knew. And I think the score started that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was the, the lack of a big orchestra. Yeah. So, so I love knowing that. I love that I learned that from you. And I mean mm-hmm. that positively mm-hmm. towards you okay. because it's, but I've also learned from you, for example, pay attention to the ensemble. Pay, you know, it's not just about the, the three leads Absolutely. or whatever. And I learned from the girl next to me at Bad Cinderella. Look at those costumes. Yes. I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. Because sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get. So into the set and the music and the orchestra and the dancing and the cute chorus boys and I get a little sidetracked, you know, that I'm not looking at. We will never forget Bad Cinderella. For all the bad hype it got, I would, and when I was there in New York, the theater that it was at, there's not a new show there. So there are old um, ads around it. And so I took pictures and I got all, when I was waiting in line actually to see Sweeney, Mm -hmm. I looked over and I was like, because it was right across the street. And I just feel it got a really bad rap. It did. And meanwhile, Shucked is still playing. (sighs) The Mark and Lyle of Broadway podcast. We're not fans of Shucked. We're not fans of (laughs) Shucked. We, we appreciate it. But, and and we appreciate um, the fact that there was a Tony one. Uh, Alex Newell. Yes, that was that, so well, well deserved. so well deserved. Fifteen out of ten, well deserved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I'm super glad. Like when they announced that Alex had won, I was like, absolutely. Yeah. But the show overall. Mark and I, we just don't get it. And it's not that we don't have a sense of humor because, because we, totally uh, do. we have a great sense of humor. <laughs> but we friends. really do. But it just it just doesn't hit on the chords with us. But you know what? It's kind of like what I heard about Saturday Night Live in this book I read about it. The writers, the producers don't want somebody to like every single sketch of Saturday Night Live because the sketches are all different. And that's how I think of Broadway shows. Sure. You know what? I love that people love Shucked. It's not for me. Absolutely. But I love it. 
Because it's a, it's something else out there on Broadway that people are loving and enjoying and bringing Broadway back. That's true. That is absolutely, mm-hmm. it's all about one big happy Broadway family. And yeah, and, I love it. And we're still very bitter that Bad Cinderella was not loved. I'm very we'll bitter about it because I really liked it. Uh, we loved it. And our friend Robin that came with yeah. us from camp. We and Robin and I, Robin spotted him. We saw Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-hmm. It was that was an electric night. That was a the great theater night. was alive that, that night. That was a great night of theater. I enjoyed every single bit of that show. Yeah, I just thought it was fun. You know, the audiences, but, but the audience loved it. But like, the critics, and then I just guess the audiences kind of followed suit and just kind of stopped going, and it ultimately closed. Very disappointed. And I'm very sad. Very, very sad. But oh, well. Yeah. Let's get back into Sweeney. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back into yeah. Sweeney. So in 2002, they did a Kennedy Center Sondheim celebration, and this cast is phenomenal. Brian Stokes Mitchell, Christine Baranski, Hugh Panero, and Celia Kinnan-Bolger. I will admit, I don't know some of those names, but mm-hmm. Christine Baranski, I know. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes. So Brian Stokes Mitchell was Ragtime. He was in Ragtime. Okay. And the Turtle Creek Corral performed with him at Bass Hall um, in 2011 Maybe that's why, I because I I know that name, Brian Stokes mm-hmm. Mitchell, but yeah. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, and then Hugh Panaro, I think he, we also performed with him that same night at uh, he, oh yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he played Phantom forever. Oh okay. And okay. Celia Keenan Bolger, I know a lot of the stuff that she's done, but I know her through her brother because I had a little crush on him when he played Crutchy in Newsies. I wonder how many times you and I in a podcast mentioned somebody that one of us had a crush on. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we're just yeah, <laughs> we have lots of crushes. Lots of crushes, absolutely. Uh, 2005, there was another revival with Michael Cerveris, and they put an unknown actress in the part of Mrs. Lovett. Her name is Patty Lapone. Oh, have, yes. have you ever heard of her? Um, just once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the production. All the actors play their own instruments. And I saw the touring cast, and I just didn't like the, you know, company did the same thing where all the cast members played an instrument, and it, it's cute, and it's a, it's a good idea. On paper, mm-hmm. I just might have loved it. Didn't it. Work yeah. for you. it didn't work for you. I would love to see it and yeah. see see how I feel about it. Because I may I may think it's really cool, but then I also may think, because I'm kind of like envisioning it, mm-hmm. I may think, ah, oh, it's too busy. There's too much going There's on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And there was a 2012 West End revival. It sort of Michael Ball and Imelda Staunton. And Amelda, she's in, she's been in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay. I believe because whenever I mention that name, people are like, "Oh yeah, Harry Potter." But I know her from there was a pro shot of the West End production of Gypsy, and her Mama Rose is intense. People, it's fabulous. Um, I think you can find that on Tubi. I think it's now called. Freebie or freebie. Oh, uh-huh. But you can yes. find it. Do a Google okay. search. And Amelda is ridiculously amazing in that role. It is just great. I'm going to have to look that up. Mm-hmm. And I want to also mention the off-Broadway production a few years ago. It took place in a make a, a makeshift pie shop. And I've talked about this before. Yes, because you have. Norm Lewis, Carly Carmelo, and local Dallas actor, who's now a New York actor, 
John Michael Lyles was in it. And John Michael Lyles went on to perform in A Strange Loop. Oh, okay. Okay. And Didn't you see this? Didn't you go I to this? I did, yes. Yes. Doug, Chris, and I, my great friends Doug and Chris, went to go see A Strange Loop. But, oh, now you saw that last year, but the one where it was in a pie shop, didn't you go to that? I did go see that, yes. And where, but where was that? What city? And it was in New York. It was, oh, it okay. was yeah, it was off Broadway. Okay, yeah, so it was, it was off Broadway. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. And did it they was, sure serve you actual pies? I believe you had a meat pie like for dinner. My God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was, oh, God. I wish I could have gone to that. Wow. It was really cute. It was really cute. And of course, the most recent version that we saw is currently playing on Broadway, starring Josh Groban, Annalie Ashford, Jordan Fisher. I don't know how to say his name. Is it Gatton? Gaten, the little kid from Stranger Things, Matarazzo, and Ruthie and Miles. Yes. And I want to mention Maria, and I think it's Bill Bilbao as Joanna, because I thought she was amazing. Yes. That voice was gorgeous. Now, Ruthie Ann Miles, what you saw the version, because you went in May for a birthday trip, because you also saw Oliver at New York City yes, Center. I did. And then you went to see Sweeney. So you went to, you got on a plane to go see um, an, uh, something about an orphan and something about a murderous uh, <laughs> barber. You put that on a Facebook post, and I thought that was hilarious. And Ruthie Ann Miles was... Uh, the the what played the wife slash beggar woman. Spoiler alert. Oh uh, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Which I did totally not get until the very 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 end. You're not supposed to. Right, and you're you're the second or third person that has said that because I'm a person I've never seen Sweeney Todd. I did not see the movie with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter don't in bother, it. Don't bother. Don't But a lot of people have seen that movie, and the and. You and I were actually supposed to go see, right before our March trip to New York, we were going to, going to go see our friend. Oh, Max was not in it, but we, but a friend of Max's was in it. We were going to see University of Texas at Arlington, uh, their version of uh, Sweeney. Had, like a tornado. Yeah, there was, they canceled it. And then the, the next day we had plans and then we went to New York. Yeah. But I had never seen it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, obviously it's dark and there, it, it's a dark uh, play and uh, there's carnage and I'm really not into that but our friend Max his mom who's a total theater mom and with your urging too basically both of y'all said to me look if you're gonna have a podcast and you're gonna be so into musical theater you can't see all the shiny happy stuff you have to see some of the dark stuff mm-hmm. so I was like okay and so we we both saw on different nights Spring Awakening mm-hmm. a few weeks ago yeah. And next to normal. And next to normal. And now Sweetie Todd. So you're getting your dark musicals in, which is great. Yes, because I need to be well-rounded. It can't be all the shiny, happy stuff. It's not all lollipops and sunshine. It's not. And Mm. and I really, really enjoyed Sweeney. As I mentioned, going back, Ruthie and Miles, you saw her when what in, in the production that you saw. But when I saw it two weeks ago... She was in a production of A Light in the Piazza at New York City Center. And so someone else played her part. Um, it was uh, Gina uh, DeWale. And, um, but, so I would have liked to have seen Ruthie Ann Miles because I've read some great things about her. Um, but I will tell you that um, the woman, that Jeannie, 
uh, Gina, excuse me, who played her, did a great job. Everyone did such an amazing job. The role of Anthony was played by a new actor that was a different actor than you saw. Oh, good. And he did a wonderful job, too. Good, because I really think Jordan Fisher is the weak link in the show. Really? Yeah, I did not love his performance. And right after I saw it, I think there was news that he was leaving the show. Yes. He let, and apparently um, it would, I think that I picked up on um, being in this Sweeney Todd group on Facebook and something my friend Linda told me. I think there was some controversy behind it. Um, I couldn't get to the bottom of it because I looked and scrolled. But I think there was a little controversy behind it. But the gentleman I saw play it was Daniel Yearwood. And yes, I did pronounce it correctly. I hope Gina Dewall. Yes. Um, but she, like I said, she played the beggar woman instead of Ruthie Ann Miles. But I will tell you, the new Anthony Daniel Yearwood did a wonderful oh, good. job. Good. A wonderful job. Yeah. Now, Amy, the friend I told you I saw Rent with, she went to see Sweeney last week. and we, But she's seen it before. And she made a great observation about Sweeney, which I thought was amazing. Especially for someone like me who just saw it. That... The end, yes, it's very powerful, and it's sad, and it's also, it just comes at you so quickly. It's All shocking. of this carnage, it's, it is. It's shocking, yeah. But she made a very good observation. She said, the right ones died. Because they, the, the, those that had darkness, basically, in their hearts, and the sweet ones were left. The kid, um, and Anthony... And also um, Johanna. The sweet ones were left. And the ones that had darkness, they they were okay. gone. Yeah. And I thought that that was an interesting interpretation. Again, me taking in as much as I can about Sweeney because it's so new to me. Sure, absolutely. So, I like that observation. I will say, Josh Groban did an amazing job. Oh, he was great. He And Anna Lee Ashford. I love her so oh much. Oh, my God. I love her so much. <clears throat> she was wonderful. Um, my friend Linda, who saw it also, she saw it a month or two ago. She and her husband could not wait to see this because they're such big fans of Anna Lee. So, it was very, it would, I had, I, I tried, now Mark tickets at a show are the first three or four rows. Lila tickets are more orchestra, yes, but I can be 12, 14, 20 rows back. For this ticket, because it was quite pricey, I was in middle mezzanine, but I had a really good shot. I was like kind of far left, kind of in a nook, okay. and I had a really good seat. Yeah, listeners, I would never sit there. I'm sure it was great for you. I'm just very particular. I'm, I, I, yeah. well, I will tell you, for what I, it was the most I paid for a ticket. Okay. Uh, and if I had wanted to get much closer, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that my HOA would have gotten paid th- <laughs> that much. So I had to sort of decide, pay HOA, and maybe have not such a great, yeah. the, 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 the seat I'm used to. Our friend Catherine, though, who loves to do the lotteries, yeah. she got a seat that was... Uh, I think it was one or two rows back from the stage. She was basically right there in the orchestra yeah, pit. Yeah, that's great. She, I think she told me it was going to be quite limited view, and it really wasn't quite limited. Oh, good, good. Yeah, Catherine and I can see the same amount of shows, and she'll pay 
so much less than me. Yes, she loves yeah, those lotteries, and, and, and she's lucky great. with them. She's very lucky with them. She really is. I just, I'm too nervous to like play the lottery and not get a good seat or not get a seat at all. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy the seat that I know that I will like. And I will worry about eating and paying my bills later. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the middle. I don't have to pay double my HOA for a ticket uh, on the first or second row. But I also get a, a little nervous about the lotteries, and I'm not as lucky with lotteries as Catherine no, she's is. She's so lucky. Yes, she literally wins <clears throat> like every single time. Except she will tell you she has never won Hamilton, okay. and that that is her like. Everest, yeah, like is to is to get a Hamilton That's ticket. Hilarious. Like, yeah, no it's pretty hard to get a Hamilton ticket sure in the is. lottery. That's like the biggest, uh, it's the biggest thing around. Yes, still that yeah. was a and that was one of the nine shows I saw. Yeah, and I will tell you this: I really enjoyed it. Saw it on a Friday night. It was a full house. I had a very good ticket. Um, it's so there's so much going on, and it's so fast. And there's so much information. And the first time I saw it, I saw it on Disney Plus, And I saw it at the end of February of this year. And so now, two weeks ago, I saw it in the theater. I need to watch it again on Disney+. Plus. And it's coming to Dallas next year. And I already have a ticket for it. And I need to listen to the cast recording. Yeah. I need to listen and listen and listen again. So that I can absorb it and understand more of what's going on. I will need to memorize it, and in a future podcast, I just want you to wrap the entire thing for our listeners. Only if I can be the king. Well, that's an easy song. Okay. Well, only if I, because as you know, the king steals the show. Yes, the he king does. completely. He does. Every time he comes out. By the second time he came out, he didn't even have to say a word. We all just started laughing. I mean, we we all just started because laughing. Because you all know it's coming. Yes. We all know it's coming, and it's so great. His timing was amazing. He they, it, it was a great show, but I walked away a little speechless because, again, I need to see it again it's and absorb lot. it. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Absolutely. Yes. I, um, I definitely enjoyed Sweeney a lot. Coming from a person... Who doesn't like dark stuff, but I knew, well, somewhat what I was getting into. I knew he was a murderous barber. Yeah. That is all I knew. And I knew Josh Groban was, did a good job, and I knew Anna Lee did. Yeah. And that was what I knew. Yeah. The music is wonderful. Oh, it's, the that, music, that Sondheim story is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. And the, it's, and, and it's very, as my friend Linda said, Great way to put it, and it's true. It's very operatic singing. Absolutely, it's 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 like an opera. Sure, and I love opera. And, and Josh Groban's like baritone, beautiful voice. Yes, really does it justice. But when Josh was first cast, people were like, oh, it's stunt casting. He's gonna be terrible. He's not an actor. And he, you know, he showed everybody wrong. You know, he, he you know, he showed him up and said, yep, this is what I can do. But you know, the trolls on. Facebook and in the Broadway chat rooms or what have you, they're they're just haters. They um, are. The they big, hide behind their keyboard. They, they really do. But Josh Groban was amazing. Yes. His acting, the, the big beard, his voice, just everything is phenomenal. And Annalie Ashford, I love her, Mrs. Lovett. Yeah, it was it was really great. I loved 
a lot of that choreography, and you could see a lot of that in the number that they did for the Tonys, because people really were talking about that choreography because it was so different from the original staging of you know what we what we know as Sweeney Todd, and mostly what people have seen in productions or in the pro shot with uh, George Hearn and Angela Lansbury. Mm -hmm. It is completely different staging, and it was so good. And I really just got a kick out of this production. I really did. I decided the whole cast was phenomenal, minus Jordan Fisher. Sorry, Jordan, but you're no longer in it. And I was looking forward to seeing Jordan because I knew him from Rent Live, that was on TV, oh. and he was also in Grease Live. So I knew him from these television musical productions, and these are both very rock and roll type scores, and he really sang them perfectly, but th this score is completely different. Yes. It really is. And he, he didn't do it justice. And maybe that's, I don't know if he was let go. I don't know if he <coughs> left on his own accord or what, but I'm glad that they have someone else in the role who might be better suited for it. He was, yeah. The Anthony that I saw was great. Good. He was, and I didn't know this whole backstory. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I had not done a deep dive into the show before I went in. So it was, uh, for someone that tiptoes to dark stuff, I really enjoyed it a lot. It was great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, I, love the, the, I love the number they did on the Tonys. Yes. I really did, and I think that got a lot of buzz, and people really, it kind of solidified Josh's, uh, his right to play the, this part. I can see that. I was disappointed though because I really wanted Annalie Ashford to perform uh, Worst Pies in London. Uh huh. I really did. And they just did the opening and then they panned to Annalie Ashford clapping in her seat for all her cast members because she was probably one of the only people in the cast that didn't perform. Oh, wow. The, the opening okay. number is probably. The entire cast, or at least most of it, so... Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my one disappointment. But no, the show, in general, is phenomenal. The lights, the orchestrations, the sound, staging, phenomenal. Great revival. Yes. It's been revived so many times. But there's a reason for it, because it's such a good show. Yes, it, yes. It's such a good show, and it, it's timeless. You know, one thing that I read, and I'm sure you know this, um, is that... Angela Lansbury when um, Sondheim wanted to cast her and she really didn't want to do it because she didn't want to be second banana. She's like, it's called Sweeney Todd. It, you know, it's, it's not called Mrs. Mrs. Lovett. Lovett. Yeah. And he really, he had to do some, you know, kind of molding and, and do some things to talk her into it and sure. show her that, this is the way, you know, this is gonna, you can make this yours. And she really, she, she invented, I, one thing yeah. I, I, I read in doing some research was, and this is the best way to put it because I've heard about her in this role so much is that she invented it. She invented that role. Absolutely. Absolutely. Her Mrs. Lovett is groundbreaking. It, it really is. I'm surprised though that she, it took some convincing yeah. for, you know, I know she she was Maine, and I, I get it, but yeah, that's surprising that she didn't want to take that role because it's a great meaty 
No pun intended. Yeah. Roll. It, it, it's fantastic. Now there is, I wish, I say this so often, oh, I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could take the time turner right. from Harry Potter and go back and see some of these shows. Oh, absolutely. And you know that I've told you this. I love Victor Garber. And he was Anthony mm-hmm. in when uh, when Angela Lansbury was in it. He played Anthony, and I would have loved to have seen that because oh, I love Victor Garber. Oh, yeah. I have seen the original, the pro shot. That, well, now that we go to the first national tour. But I wish I was, like, in the front row of seeing that live, you know, turning back time. That would have just been such... That would have been amazing to see. One other thing that I read about, which um, then when you think about it, you're like, oh, yes. Over 80% of the production is set to music, either sung or underscoring dialogue. Mm -hmm. Over 80%. Sure, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That orchestra. Yes. Yeah. They're earning their money. Most definitely. Absolutely. Most definitely. Um, so another show that I wanted to talk about that I saw was Goodnight Oscar. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was, um, Sean Hayes is in it. And it's a comedy drama play written by Doug Wright. Um, and it revolves around Oscar Levant per- and portrayed by Sean Hayes, as I said, who appears on The Tonight Show with Jack Parr in an episode from 1958. And um, it was, it first premiered last year in 2022 in Chicago. And it ran from mid-March last year until end of April. And then it um, came to New York. When we were there in March, they actually uh, started um, rehearsals in mid-March. And they started previews at the Belasco Theater on April 7th. And it will finish up um, at the end of August. So I wish, I went to go see it. I wish you could have seen it. It's another one of these. It's not a musical. It's a play. And it was, I believe it was 90 minutes. I get a little confused because I know that six was 80 minutes. And that kind of sticks in my head. Sure, sure. So it was either 80 or 90 minutes. And there were, there were just six or seven actors. And Sean Hayes was phenomenal and this also was because I wondered if this would had really truly happened and um, in the play Oscar Levant gets a four-hour leave from a mental health facility that he's gone to and so that he can appear on Jack Parr's Tonight Show before Johnny Carson of course because this was 1958 and it is based on a real incident and according to the playwright Doug Wright um, who like I said, the playwright, uh, take that away, Ryan, by the way. Um, in spirit, it's largely true. Oh, so, wow. and it was just phenomenal. Sean Hayes, um, total, he does the, the, the body ticks, the facial ticks, the nervousness, the nervously smoking a cigarette. He's very, very funny, um, very sharp wit, very sharp humor. And, Sean, in real life, is a gifted pianist, mm-hmm. and he plays, and I thought that during the, I had, for, I had read somewhere that there was no intermission, but I had forgotten, and, but when I had, like, remembered in my memory, 
I thought, oh gosh, he plays the piano for this 80 or 90 minutes. No, he doesn't do that. And nobody could do that. But he plays the piano for about, it's about six or seven minutes straight, maybe give or take a minute. And then you just, it exhausts him. It exhausts the character and him also. And he was wonderful. The woman that plays his wife, she was phenomenal as well. Uh, her name is Emily Burgle. Emily Burgle, let me uh, pronounce that better. And she also played his wife in the Chicago version. So it was really a phenomenal play. I, I am kind of um, sad that it's going to finish up at the end of August because there are a lot of people I've talked to, yourself included, that would really love to go see it. And you're going to be back there in a few months, and you're going to miss it by about a month and a half. I wish they would extend it because Sean is masterful, and he's so masterful that at the Tonys, he won the Tony for Best Actor in a Play. He did. And so well-deserved. So that was, it was really phenomenal. It was wonderful. What I loved, um, I loved the set. The, the sets were, the sets were beautiful. Um, they were just I mean, mid-century modern, beautiful. I'm a really big fan of mid-century modern. And um, it was really a phenomenal play. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I also saw Harry Potter two more times. Oh, but we goodness. all know how much I love the Harry Potter yes, show. Yes, I know. You do. We all love it. You're or we all know that how much I love it. And friend of the podcast, Eric C. Peterson. Yes, yes. Thank you, Eric, for my bagel. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just absolutely love his character of Scorpius Malfoy. And I also love Joel Myers as Albus Severus Potter, who's his best friend in the play. And and uh, we you, you may be hearing that name again in the future on one of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. So forward to it. Yes, most definitely. All right. Well, Lila, it's that time for our curtain call where we say goodbye and we take our bows. But before we do, we want to invite you to send us an email if you have any suggestions for future podcasts or you just want to tell us how much you adore us. Um, our email address is markandlila at yahoo.com. That is Mark, M-A-R-C, and Lila, L-I-L-A, at yahoo.com. And also check out our Instagram, Mark and Lila Love Broadway. Yes, we have over 800 followers. Mm -hmm. A month ago at this time, we, we like had 300. 300. Yes, so thank you, Thank you to everyone that is following us. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our loyal listeners. We're at over a thousand, thousand listens. listens. Yes. So we're very thrilled. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And if you like what you hear, please follow us. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.